This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Tradar a Traitors podcast. My name's Matthew and I'm a writer working in TV development and I am a handy faithful. The Tradar features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. And this is season three of the podcast dedicated to The Traitors Australia. This is another super special interview episode because I'm very lucky to be joined by one of my absolute favourite players from any of the Traitors franchises. I'm joined by a faithful and a traitor because they're the same person. It's Traitors Australia finalist Kate Williams. Kate, how are you going? Hello, I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm great as well. Thank you. How is winter in Sydney? Yeah, it's extreme. <laughs> I feel like I can't say that to anyone who lives in Europe. But for me, like an overnight low of two degrees is just not okay. It's not allowed. Shouldn't be allowed. Um, too much. And You've just been on what looked like an incredible European adventure. Um, which countries did you make it to? Yes, I went to France and Italy. One of my best friends lives in France, so he has a driver's license. So we road tripped through France and then along the French Riviera and then up to the top of Italy to the Cinque Terre and then down the Italian coastline. And it was a delight. It was lots of card games and wine and cheese giggles and just that for a month it was great <laughs> excellent your instagram chronicles looked so lovely so fantastic <laughs> so kate before i ask my giant list of questions about the traitors mm. i'm going to introduce you to our game which is called the trader traitor 
our secret mission for the rest of the episode from here on in is to try to betray one another by telling an undetected lie. You can tell me something about the show, about yourself, anything else that is a complete fabrication, uh, big or small. For example, you could tell me that Alex and you made a secret deal to let her win and then split the winnings after the show. However, <laughs> your your lie can't be a fake opinion, like saying that you think Alex will be transferring you that money any day now and then later revealing you don't really think that at all. So we're looking for fake facts, not fake opinions. Um, we know from the show that you're a big games fan, so I reckon you're probably up for the challenge. Would that be right? Yes, up for the challenge. Not sure how I'll go, but always <laughs> ready for a challenge. Excellent. Our game starts right now then. So, uh, Kate, I'll ask you what I ask everybody. Firstly, just how did you get involved with The Traitors? Right. So I was watching the Grand final of Survivor, Australian Survivor that was on, because I'm a big Survivor fan. And there was a commercial saying, if you're interested in a game about intrigue and lying and whatever, and I was like, what? Okay, yeah, sounds like <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> so I went to fill in the form, but I saw that it was like 80 questions or something. And this is at about 10.30 at night. So I filled in like three questions or something and then clicked save for later. And then the next morning I got a call from production saying, we saw that you started filling in your form. Do you still want to do it? And I was like, what? Uh, yes, I guess. Sure. Yes. And they were like, great. Can you finish <laughs> filling in the form? Cause we want to interview. And I was like, I don't know what I answered in those first three questions, but it was the second last day of auditions. So I think maybe there was a little niche that I fit into that they hadn't you know, filled yet. And so I had a much faster audition process than everyone else. From what I heard, some people's went for a few months, but I had my first interview, my first three interviews within a week. And then I was cast like a few days after. And then it was like, okay, pack your bags. Yeah. Like, ah, okay. Apparently I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's very quick. Do you think yeah. it was like connected to the fact that you like card games and board games and that could be something that played well on TV? Well, I hadn't I hadn't put that in the first couple of questions. The first few questions were like name, age, job. I don't know who. What do you like about your best friend? Or like, <laughs> they were like really simple questions. So I'm not actually sure. I think generally, maybe they were just looking for another female between like 30 and 40, and they were like, yeah. oh, she, you'll let's do. Try her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Little uh, did they know the exactly. masterpiece that I turned out to be. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, <laughs> apart from the traitors, what is your favorite game? Oh, that's a that's a big question. Yeah. So the traitors is based on a game called Mafia or Werewolf. Yeah. Which yeah. I've been playing for since I was eighteen, literally twenty years. So that's up there. Um, my favorite board games would probably be Code Names and Ticket to Ride. They're two fairly simple games, but I never get sick of them. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Now, I have been covering the show, obviously, and working my way through every episode. So along the way, questions have cropped up that I've thought I have to ask Kate about this. So I'm going to go back mm -hmm. quite early on. Um, one of the first times that you are sort of highlighted in the edited show that we see 
is in a bit of a confrontation with Kashindi in the banishment room. This is episode <laughs> three, and it was quite heated. <clears throat> did you find it difficult to accuse people, or did you did you just see it as a game, and therefore it wasn't personal? Yeah, the most difficult thing for me about accusing people was just trying not to because generally whenever I've played this game in the past with friends I go pretty hard and so for me the, the hardest thing was to just try and sit back and shut up because I knew the loud people would go first which it was just amazing to watch that happen right in front of my eyes I was like I'm so glad I have the <laughs> intel on this um but because I was kind of suppressing myself so much, whenever I got to a point where I like really had an opinion on something and no one else was bringing it up, I just fully bursted. So <laughs> yeah, which was like in that moment, I kind of was, I, I was just trying to grab at something and I just felt like at the time, I don't, I don't remember how much they showed, but I felt like she literally lied to my face. And I was like, well, I'm not going to just let that slide. Like, I know what I heard. I know what you said. So just defend yourself, probably. And I think she was, I mean, frazzled a little. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cash. <laughs> and like you said, yeah, you, you have to toe the line between like calling out traitors, but also not making yourself a victim. Mm. And But I guess you, you did a really good job of that because uh, quite often throughout the show, it seemed like you were a possible target for the traitors. Quite often in Traitor's Tower, your name would come up for murder. Well, I have two questions about that. Firstly, in retrospect, mm -hmm. are you quite proud of that? Because they thought you were very smart. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because at the time, yeah. So as I said, I went in there being very much like you need to be quiet for the first week. I know how I play. And I was like, do not play like Kate <laughs> for the first week. And it was fascinating because I, like I said, I would try to suppress it. But every time I went into the banishment room or the torture room, <laughs> um, I would try and suppress it as much as I could, but eventually I would say something and the whole room would go quiet because I hadn't spoken. And I would then go to my room that night and be like, Oh my God, I did it. I said the wrong thing. I shouldn't have. And then I wouldn't sleep properly. And then the next morning for breakfast, I knew that I would be coming in because those breakfasts took like up to six hours to film. So I would be sitting in my room for five hours being like, well, this is it. I'm dead. And when that <laughs> happens enough times, I'm like, am I on the chopping block every single day? So every day I'm scared that I'm going to be on the chopping block. So then I don't want to say anything. So then I go into the banishment room and I try not to say anything, but I do say everything. And then it's just like one after another, after another. So it felt good to be seen, I guess, as threatening, but it was worrying, so worrying the whole time. Um, I guess that it played on my side as it got further, which I eventually figured out because I was like towing the line between being potentially being a, a trader or not. And so it turned out to be, yeah, a perfect balancing act accidentally. Yeah. yeah. And I, I get that leads to my next question was, which is why do you think you weren't murdered? Because I guess someone who played a little bit like you was Mark. So Mark was really good at finding traitors, but then yeah. it obviously really worked against him. Uh, so why do you think you always escaped and were just kept there? Yeah. It's 
a good question. I definitely asked Marielle this later and I've forgotten what the answer was, but I think it just was dumb luck that I was a threat each day, but each day there was, this is something that you've referred to for different reasons uh, along the podcast I've heard you, which is the recency bias. Yeah which definitely comes into play for who we're voting for to banish. But I think it also comes into play for who the traders are murdering. Because, like, yes, I'm kind of a general threat the whole time, but if one person one day says something that sticks in their brain, then they'll just murder that person. And I think I think genuinely it was luck for a lot of it until it got to the point where I could have been a trader and then it got to the point where Teresa and I were going to potentially banish each other. <laughs> so it was always just some kind of lucky coincidence that I scraped through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, yeah. The recency bias idea makes sense, I guess. Mm. Um, you mentioned a few minutes ago that cash maybe was dishonest about something. So, but in retrospect, you, I'm, I'm assuming you watched the show. You must watch mm. episodes back and then see people that you realise they were completely lying to me when they said that. Is that really bizarre yeah. watching it back <laughs> from a different perspective? It is weird, but I, I never found myself feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe they were doing that behind my back. Um, because the only person really that I felt like got to that point would have been Alex right at the end where I'm like, oh my, I completely underestimated that. And that's what she was doing behind my, I didn't know that. <laughs> but even then, by that point, you're like, oh, I'm just like congratulating you on doing that. Um, it's not like it was, yeah, I never found it like offensive or really even surprising, to be honest. Yeah. On the other hand, how is it to watch yourself back? Because there are times mm. when you sort of very confidently accuse somebody of being a traitor. <laughs> now do you look at that and think, oh God, I wish I hadn't done that? Oh, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> I also had no idea how animated my face was watching myself in the bathroom. <laughs> like, close your mouth, Kate. <laughs> like, stop with the crazy eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I. but I feel like every time I went into that room and I accused somebody, I... I did it for a reason. Like I never, I never was accusing someone like just willy nilly. I was doing it because I was trying to, whether or not I thought they were definitely a traitor or I was just trying to get something out of them or, or, or see how they reacted or see someone else's reaction or whatever. A lot of the times I was kind of doing something with two different missions in mind yeah but i was kind of a lone wolf so i never told anybody what those missions were so everyone's like why are you screaming at them I'm like i know why <laughs> i was going to ask something very similar i was going to ask was it always when you accuse somebody of being a traitor was it always because you really thought they were or was there an element of tactic about it yeah there was definitely moments where there was tactic about it where I was just trying to figure out, well, someone here is lying. And so I need to get under some people's skin. There was a moment, I don't know if Dirk, I don't know. I don't even remember if it was brought up or shown properly, but there was a moment where I was trying to figure out if Craig was a traitor because it seemed like he was just whoever I said was a traitor, he would just be like, oh yeah, it's them. And so the, the first time I accused Dirk was literally just to see if Craig took the bait okay. because I was actually testing Craig, which Dirk was very offended by. Yeah. 
but that's fine. Yeah. And then I just ended up accusing him anyway. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, we also well, we, we did see a little bit of that. We we saw that you chose Dirk quite early on, and that and there was a suggestion that you were doing it as a test. But I we I don't mm. think we knew that it was to test Craig. So that's a really interesting no. element. Uh, Next, uh, next on the way, then I wanted to ask about one of the challenges. Um, in episode yeah. eight, you have this crossbow challenge. And if, <laughs> now, you might have heard my theory on the podcast. My theory <laughs> is that because you're a photographer and you have to look through lenses a lot and be very focused on things, <laughs> that made you very good at this game. Is there, do you think there's any truth in that? I don't think there's any truth in that, but <laughs> the person you were talking to at that time had a different theory and that was much closer to the truth, which oh. is that during lockdown, my friend Andrew and I bought a bow and arrow set and we <laughs> did archery in like the local park, which I think is illegal just quietly. I think it's like a weapon, but we were doing practicing archery in the park during lockdown just for fun, which I mean, archery is very different to what that challenge was. I also just kind of figured out how to use the site because there was a very little, very specific thing, yeah. Um, which obviously some other people <laughs> didn't figure out. That was a uh, that was my friend, my best friend Lindsay, who was on the podcast with me. So I feel like I don't want to tell her that she's right. I might just keep that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else that happened around that time was that Alex became a recruit, and mm. on the mo- that first morning that Alex was a recruit. Uh, you and Dirk were the only two at breakfast and Alex walks in. Mm. Did you have any notion that she was behaving differently? No, not at all. I remember going into that breakfast thinking that someone will have been recruited because in our like interviews with the producers the day before, we, I was asked something like, what would you do if you were recruited? And so when I came to breakfast that morning, I was like, someone's going to have been recruited for sure. Who is it? But at the same time, I really wasn't <laughs> paying attention. You kind of just get swept up in the moment. Quite often I would go into a day being like, today I'm going to investigate this one. particular," And then I get to the end of the day and I'd be like, oh, I forgot to even ask that person a question. You just kind of, yeah, forget. Yeah. But no, I definitely didn't suspect Alex at all. Mm-hmm. And... Throughout the series, uh, this is this is something that applies to more than one episode. Before banishments, we would often see um, everyone divide into little groups, twos and threes, and have quiet discussions. Um, and I think that became even more apparent as the numbers whittled down. That two or three mm. people would go into a room and have a have a little talk. I just wondered how, and maybe you can't tell us this, but. How produced was that? How natural was that? Or were you sort of encouraged, go off, go off with Alex and have a secret conversation now? That was one of the most, I guess, natural parts of the entire thing. A lot of it is like, you go stand over here with this person, you go here, whatever. But those moments is like a full free for all. It's like, you. I think we had about half an hour, maybe 45 towards the beginning of the series when there was more people. But towards the end, I think we had about half an hour and it was like, these are the like five spaces you're allowed to go in. There's like all hands on deck with all the camera crews. And it was just take anyone anywhere and grab whoever you want and talk as much as you can and hide out of yeah. your sight of the <laughs> That's actually one of the things that I found really interesting speaking to some of mm. the players is is what you just said that actually those those seg- segments of time are quite short to me. It seems mm. like if you told you only got half an hour, 45 minutes, whereas 
you're also telling us that some you know doing film and breakfast would take hours and hours that's really interesting that actually the times when you get to just discuss gameplay are really really contained and controlled so difficult there were days when majority of the days where we would spend like 15 to 18 hours by ourselves alone in our hotel rooms, which is so much time to just sit and ruminate and think about what someone said and what you said. And we didn't have pen and paper, so I couldn't write down any of my thoughts and like figure out, <laughs> you know, a, a, I imagine a having one of those scene. graphs <laughs> on the wall, exactly, with the red string. <laughs> but really, I was just in my room, like picking my fingernails, being like, what did they say? What does it mean? And then it's like, okay, I've got to ask these people these things. Then you got half an hour, like, go, 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 go. So, yeah, that's why half the time when you go into banishment room, it's like, oh, I'll just go with what everyone says because I, I don't know. I didn't have time to figure anything out. Yeah. And I guess that would explain, uh, I, can't, I haven't written this down, I can't believe, but I need to ask, that the, that moment where you and Teresa get together <laughs> to, to come for Marielle and we see this, this moment where you, get in the car with the Teresa car. to go off to the challenge and you you seems like you're so excited and can't contain like I guess is that yes. a product of not being able to talk so, about it before that yes let me explain what happened there so we had the breakfast and then the chat down by the fire which I can tell you a lot about that you don't know <laughs> if you like oh yeah but after that chat down at the fire we went back to our rooms that was the whole day So the next, so the car ride with Teresa was like 18 hours later. I was in my room the whole time, like figuring all of this out and being like, oh my God, oh my God. And I assumed that we would be in two cars of four because there was eight people left. And we got downstairs that morning and the producer was like, okay, there's going to be two cars of three and a car of two. And everyone was kind of like, oh, should we just, and I was like, I need to go with Teresa. And Teresa was like, okay, what? She's like, okay, mate, weird. And so then I was sitting in the car like, oh my God, I can't believe that I got you in a car by myself. Oh my God, I get to do this whole spiel. And I turned to the producer. I was like, how long is this drive? And he was like, five minutes. I was like, make it longer. He was like, okay. So we drove like a really long way to the things. I was like, I got some talking to do. (laughs) And well, the thing is, maybe you can shed a bit of light. You might have heard my uh, interview with Marielle. So Marielle claims that that Fee did say that she thought Teresa was a tracer. What's going on? Yes, Mario, uh, we've we've um, caught up a couple of times since Traders and she told me the same thing. What you didn't see in the show is that it wasn't actually the context of the story that had me figure out that it was Marielle. What it was is that about 10 minutes before that, Alex was sitting at the fire and she told me the exact same story word for word. Okay. And then she left and then Marielle came down and then she told me the story and I was like, how do these people know the same story? And if this is what Fee said last minute before she went up to bed, then there's been no time between then and now that you two could have had this conversation with each other unless you met in Trader Tower. So at that point, I knew Mariel and Alex were both traders. And in that car ride with Teresa, we were like, well, which one should we go for? And we went for Marielle. Okay. So there's a whole section of like plot there that you missed out on. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, I know. That's, okay. My, my, my mind's blown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and well, I mean, speaking of Alex, Alex was recruited and then Alex recruited you uh, towards yeah. the end. So I, I wanted to ask you a few questions about that. 
Um, when we we see you receive the note in in the hotel room, um, <laughs> and the first thing you say is words to the effect of, "This is not what I wanted," and I wondered yeah. why not. Why did you not? I want was that? just. I think I was just not expecting it. I assumed I was on death row. And I had got Nigel out and was like, on a high, I've had a couple of drinks. And I was like, great. I was listening to Lizzo, like, send me <laughs> home tomorrow. Give me my death letter. Great. Ready to go. And then I got that. And I was really, I can't explain to you how emotionally and physically drained and exhausted I was by this point. So once I had like decided it was my time to leave, I was really actually quite relieved. <laughs> and so then when I got this letter saying basically to stay, I was like, what? <laughs> I like have just used up my last ounces of energy in this banishment. I'm just like, oh, okay. I mean, obviously give me 30 seconds to to like process it. And then I was like, oh, this is great for me. <laughs> I was like, okay, fun. Let's keep playing. Yeah. I following that then, and I actually I, I'm going to ask you a question that I think I now know the answer to. I was going to ask you about the moment where you go into Traitor's Tower and Alex pulls her mask off. I mm. watched that and thought Kate doesn't look that surprised, but is that because no, of no. what you just told me a few minutes ago? Yeah, I'd known I'd known for like four days that she was a traitor. <laughs> Okay. But I got Nigel first because it was like, because Alex was still working with me at that point. I don't think she'd, even though I told her basically that I knew she was, I was kind of like, well, it's either Teresa and Craig or it's you and Nigel. So it's you and Nigel. And she was like, oh yeah, it could be Nigel. And then she played along. So I was like, okay, well, if I've got you to work with me yeah. to vote for Nigel, then I'll just go for Nigel tonight. It didn't okay. really worry me who I went for. I was never going to get Nigel <laughs> on my team to vote for Alex, obviously. <laughs> This this is fascinating. I just <laughs> recorded. Um, so I'm recording kind of all out of order. So just last yeah. night, um, or the night before, I should say, I was recording the sort of episode uh, ten recap. And we, the pair, the Joe who I was co-hosting with, we had like a five minute discussion about your reaction to Alex, and, and we were both going, "Kate didn't look that surprised. Why wasn't Kate surprised? Why was she just smiling? What's going on?" So, so now, I, now we have the answer. Okay, okay, that's amazing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. I I wondered as well about your recruitment. Are you are you glad that it helped you stay in a little bit longer? Or do you think it kind of scuppered your chances of winning because Alex mm. was possibly only going to turn on you anyway? Right. It's weird. It's it's something that I've thought about, obviously, <laughs> quite a lot. Because the option, the other option was I was on death row and she would have murdered me. So it was, I was kind of, I was not wondering, oh, okay, well, if I, if I turn down this invitation, will she let me make it through the night? Because she wouldn't have. She would yeah. have murdered me. So I was like, okay, well, it's really just a chance to stay in the game. And on one hand, everyone should completely trust me right now because I just got two traitors. But on the other hand, then why did I survive the night? It makes absolutely no sense, which is obviously why she recruited me because she was like, well, great, everyone will just vote her out in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even believe that I made it the, like a following night, to, to be honest. Um, but, and from that point on, I think I was also very much like, oh, well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Alex, so I'll just go along with what Alex wants, <laughs> which is really um, disappointing to look back on. 
but it's genuinely how I was feeling at the time. I was so exhausted and thankful to still be playing that I was, she was like, should we, mer- should we do this? And I'd be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll share the money with you. I don't care. Let's just do that. That's fine. I wouldn't be here otherwise. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, that leads on perfectly to my next question, which is actually not really a question from me. Um, so I have a couple of questions from listeners. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, this is a question from Gloria on Twitter. Gloria's username is at Reality Fan Lover. So I think Gloria is really into reality TV. Right. And, and Gloria worry. asks, how did Alex convince you to murder Paul and why did you agree to it? She, she asked, oh. why not kill someone else? But then Craig was the only other option. Yeah. So maybe you yes. kind of just answered that. If you were going to ask me what my biggest regret in the game was, it would be not murdering Craig that night because it made no sense for us to both make it down the next morning because Paul was not a threat and Craig and I were kind of working together and whatever. Um, Alex didn't really convince me to. She was kind of going for Paul, but I was friends with Craig at that point and I knew that he had a daughter with special needs and I wanted to share the money with him. I wanted to boot Alex out and take Craig to the end, not knowing at that point that the traders and faithfuls couldn't share the money. I didn't know that rule. And I genuinely just could not bring myself to murder Craig. Maybe if I had been a traitor for longer and it was like in my mindset, then I would have been able to, but I'd been a traitor for 15 minutes. And I was like, no, I've just been working with this man for a month and he's lovely. And I know that it's not in my best interest. I am well aware of that. But I was kind of like, well, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I, I can't murder him. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take empathy into the game, people. Don't do it. <laughs> um, Gloria also has a kind of follow-up question. Um, she asks, this is very hypothetical. She says, do you think the outcome would have been different in that scenario? I think what Gloria means is if you had murdered Craig, might might the game have finished differently for you? Yes, 100%. Um, the next day, I, I think we were kind of, I, I had kind of made a pact with Lewis that if we, if we murder Nigel, then we'll murder Teresa the next day, which I didn't really want. I mean, banish, sorry. Which I didn't really want to do. But at that point, again, I was kind of like, well, I just want to banish Nigel. And so the next day I was just like, well, let's just stick with the plan. I've got someone working with me. Great. But the reality is if Paul was still there, then Paul definitely would have worked with me. And if I had those many, that many numbers with me, I would have just gotten rid of Alex, I think. Yeah. 
it's just bonkers to think how simple, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, oh, only I didn't just have that cognac just before I became a trader. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get to the sort of final moments of the season, I have another very specific question. Okay, so hopefully you can remember this. Um, I think, well, this is still part of the finale, I suppose. Um, I wanted to think back to Lewis's banishment, um, which is in the final episode. It seemed like Lewis was going to vote out Alex. Um, and in the episode, he, he'd mentioned to Craig, like, I think it's Alex. Um, and you had ca- during that banishment room, you had cast some suspicions towards Alex as well. Yeah, and, and I wondered if it seemed it seemed like you might you and Lewis might vote out Alex at that point, which would have created a tiebreak mm. of votes between Alex and Lewis. Um, so my question is, I know this is very complex. Did you did you almost vote Alex? Basically, is what I want to ask at that point. Had you made up your mind before you go into management or do you really go in just thinking, Mm. I don't know what I'm going to do? Yeah, I unfortunately went into that banishment having made a pact with Alex to take Craig to the end and then the two of us would shaft him at the end and and share the money. And Lewis, I'm pretty sure, ended up voting for Craig. He didn't vote for Alex because I sat there and was like, I have stuff on Alex. I've said it to you guys before and I would turn to Alex and every time I would try to kind of go her in the banishment room, she was very good at just being like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I can't explain that. I don't know why that happened. And I'd be like, oh, why don't you just take the bait and argue? It drove me nuts. Um, So I was trying to get her to say things that then the boys would turn against her, but she just would never take that bait to her credit. And then so... Alex, so I was just kind of like, okay, well, I think I should just stick with the plan. And then the second that he voted for, um, well, basically the second that Lewis went, I was like, oh, my God, why would I make a deal with Alex? Of course she's going <laughs> to shout me. And it was like five minutes too late, that realisation that I was like, Kate, why? Because, yeah, it was just, yeah, I don't think she was ever planning on working with me, which yeah. is a shame. yeah. This, I, I, this is something that I asked Lewis about and listeners will have heard Lewis's interview at this point. Lewis says that one of his biggest regrets is voting Craig at that last minute. He's like, I should have yeah, just gone with Alex. Um, yeah. So can we talk about Alex in the finale then? Um, again, now like looking back, watching Alex's gameplay, is her act, is her is her acting and her performance totally masterful or terrifying? <laughs> oh it's neither of those to me it's just like irritating <laughs> yeah it's hard because I, I I've been in two minds for a year now about Alex's performance because as I said in my exit interview science would say Alex is a better player because she won the game so like full stop but as a game player I saw her not literally not do anything for the first two weeks and I mean like nothing. And again, on one hand, it's like, well, yes, that's, you know, a way of doing it. It's the way a lot of people win Survivor as well, by just kind of laying low in the background. But as someone who plays really hard, I find it really hard to respect people who don't, you know, I respect Mitty and Mark and the other people more who like went hard because that's what we're here for is to play hard. Um, Towards the end, I... 
I mean, I respect the fact that she could turn the tears on, you know, very quickly, but I don't know. It's just not the way that I would, that's not the way I would do it. Yeah. I would much rather use my brain and, and tactics and wordplay and logic, but also, you know, when you've got a boomer, <laughs> she was, she had the right idea. Just cry to him and he'll believe you. <laughs> <laughs> And when that final vote took place then, and it's just the three of you, <clears throat> did did any part of you think, maybe Craig will vote for Alex? M- maybe this is, is going to work out? Uh, or or did you kind of, did you feel pretty not confident? Not really, yeah. yeah. I, felt, I felt pretty, pretty defeated. <laughs> I could kind of feel, I could feel the energy between the two of them. Like I could see it. I could see that they had... Because we got enough time, you know, Alex and I got 20 minutes to talk or something with each other. Craig and I got 20 minutes and they got 20 minutes. And I don't know, obviously, I'll never know what she said to him in that time. But, yeah, it obviously worked because I could see as soon as we walked in that room, you know, we got some time. Roger was like, does anyone have anything, you know, they want to say? And I was like, it's done, like, which is bad TV probably. But, (laughs) like, well... Yeah, you know, yeah. I also am glad that I didn't have to be the one to break Craig's heart into a thousand pieces at the end. Yeah, it's, it, oh, it's so difficult to watch. Um, yeah. So, well, after that moment that the game's over, and I, again, I don't know how much you can tell us, but I, I wonder what it was like after, you know, filming stops and it's done. Like, Do you, like, you, you had just left before we find out who wins so do you did you get to speak to craig soon after are you allowed to interact so we we a lot of us saw each other the following day because we filmed a bunch of promo okay so there was the four of us who were still there and then a few people got invited back and we filmed a commercial um alex i was very excited to see i gave her a big hug and was like congratulations go and make babies like love that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, she was really quite uh, worried to see me because she was like, I'm really, really sorry. I was like, it's fine. It's a game. I would have done the same thing. It's it, like, it's okay. Um, whereas Craig did not want to speak to either of us and probably never will ever again for the rest of his life. And that is, <laughs> that it's what it is. Um, you know, it's a game, unfortunately. <laughs> and yeah, it's hard, but yeah. it is what it is. Uh, I have another couple of questions from listeners. So the first one is from a user called Divarazis on Twitter, uh, who is a big Traitors fan. Uh, They ask, uh, I'm curious to know whether you watched the series, and if so, did you feel it was an accurate and balanced portrayal of events? I definitely watched it. It's weird to say whether or not it was balanced because as I said, and as I've spoken about, there's a lot of things that happened that were just definitely not shown so much, obviously, because there's like hundreds and hundreds of hours worth of footage shot every day. Cause there's like however many cameras rolling at once. Um, but they have to only like, there's no point in showing conversations that don't like end up like affecting what actually happens at the end of the day. So they can only choose the things that end up being important. And so then, yeah, I guess it was an accurate representation. I mean, the only thing that was not accurate is that Paul really was there. 
was. <laughs> he was there the whole time, but you would never know. <laughs> no, it's wild. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it was a fairly accurate representation because there's a lot of. I remember one of the someone early on. I have a feeling it was Fee on one of the first couple of days saying like, "I hope I don't get the bitch edit." And one of the producers overheard and was like, "Just so everybody knows, no one gets a bitch edit. If you're an idiot, you'll look like an idiot." <laughs> and like, you know, you saw that happen. <laughs> yes. Um, another. This isn't a question. It's just a nice comment from someone online, uh, Benjamin McGill. So hi, Benjamin, whoever you are, it says, hi, ben. he says, loves you on the show, Kate. Just simply. Oh, that. thanks. That is nice. That's nice. Um, I have a final, just couple of very broad questions then. Um, if you were to play the traitors again, Kate, what, mm. what one key thing would you do differently, if anything? Firstly, we've all got our uh, fingers crossed for an international all-star oh, season. Yes. So. <laughs> just throw that out there into the universe um it's hard to say because it would be completely different because we would know each other or people would know me yeah so it would feel to me like I would have to play the same game because then I can say what well this is normal me this is how I'm not doing anything differently this is how I was last time as a faithful so this is how I am this time it feels like doing anything different people would be like why is she so different yeah, she must yeah. be a traitor. So <laughs> I don't really think I would do anything differently other than maybe take sleeping pills with me so that I could get some sleep and think clearly in the last <laughs> 72 hours. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, and what, what's your overall attitude looking back on the whole experience now? Is it is it a positive or a negative one? I'm, I'm guessing it's a positive one. Yeah, it is positive for me. Like I got to play one of my favorite games on the biggest scale possible. So that's just kind of wild. Yeah. So I'm really glad I did it. There's definitely a kind of personal resilience that I didn't know I had that I kind of learned about myself. I've got really chronic anxiety and it was really bad during the show, which is why, as I said, I hardly slept at all, especially yeah. knowing that I was going to like on the chopping board every day. So I was pretty frazzled and a bit of a mess and people noticed that. That's also a reason they thought I was a traitor because everyone was like, well, why are you so anxious? And I was like, <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> um, but being like so highly strung for an entire month and still getting through and, you know, appearing relatively normal and getting to the very end is like, something that I'm really proud of because, yeah, if I kind of feel like I, I have an inner strength that I didn't know I had. And so I got that from the show, which yeah. is better than 250,000. <laughs> <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> Priceless. Uh, my, my final question for now then is a really important question. Where do you keep your Sue Sylvester red tracksuit? <laughs> it's up the very top of my wardrobe, just... Waiting to come out. <laughs> Waiting for that All Stars. Yeah, I, I wore it in. Uh, I wore it in some of the viewings with friends. Everyone just wore <laughs> red clothes, and I put my tracksuit back on. It's quite quite ridiculous. Well, why not? Fun. I would too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we have been playing a betrayal game, and we're almost at the end of that. <laughs> Before we I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I well, told you I'd suck at it. We're not there. Don't worry, we're not quite there yet. 
we've got a little bit of time. Okay. Um, Kate, where can we find you online? Uh, is there anything that you think we should check out? What's going on hmm. with Kate Beyond the Traitors? Uh, my Instagram is Kate's Your Mate, because I am. And I don't have like heaps happening at the moment. Like I'm just taking a lot of photographs. My Instagram feed is mainly just my work, and then my story is me being an idiot. Um, but I also tend to kind of chase the winds. So who knows what might pop up in the next, you know, month and then you'll see it on there. Okay. So Excellent. stay tuned and drop me a line. I love talking to fans, like yeah. genuinely ask me anything. I love, I will never get sick of talking about this show. <laughs> Excellent. Um, now we're at the point where we finish our game. We see if we can detect what we've been lied to about. I know. I don't know if this is your your lie. I don't know if you're lying to me that you forgot and that you haven't lied. <laughs> so I'm just going to. First of all, I did lie to you. So apologies. You would. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to just have to guess then that you're. No wait, but then that would be that you've told two lies, right? I <laughs> you either totally did forget about it and uh, that was honest, or you're lying that you forgot. But then that would mean you didn't forget and that you did tell me a lie. So you would have had to tell two lies. Okay, I'm getting myself really mm. completely confused. Well, I right, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess something that you said. This is probably totally true. My guess right. is that you didn't buy you didn't play archery during lockdown with your friend called Andrew. Is that a lie? I did play archery in lockdown <laughs> with my friend called Andrew. <laughs> we weren't great at it, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, did, did you did you tell me a lie at all? I completely forgot to play the game. I completely <laughs> forgot. I got carried away gas bagging about traders. I'm sorry, I failed to play a game. I have and failed I call at myself my, a game player. No, I have failed at my own game more than once on this podcast. Sometimes I get to the end and I, I go, oh, I totally forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, so what did you lie to me about? Well, I mean, any guesses? Um. That someone sent me a message just to say they really liked me on the show? No, that was real. They did. Oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I just want to talk about that again, really. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you talked about. I thought you just asked questions. I did just ask questions, but I kind of was dishonest about something I said in one of the questions. So I'll, I, mm. I'll be honest. I told the most minuscule lie that would probably be almost impossible to pick up on. But it's because I just thought I can't, I'm going to have to really go hard with Kate because Kate, Kate's going to be really good at getting my lie. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to pick something tiny. So my lie was when I asked you about the crossbow challenge, this is so shady that I did this. I just said in episode eight, it was the crossbow challenge and it wasn't episode eight. It was episode seven. I lied oh about the episode number. <laughs> That was probably impossible to pick up on, so I, I am sorry. I'm sorry I played such a, a horrible lie. Hey, hey, that's okay. We can still be friends. <laughs> Kate, thank you so, so much for joining me for this my interview. Pleasure. I have had more questions for you. I didn't even ask all my questions. I had more for you than for anyone else because there was so much I wanted to talk to you about. So thank you oh, for all of your detailed so answers. Yay. Amazing. I hope you've had a nice time. 
I have. It's been great. Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much. I'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, faithful Tradar listeners. That was definitely one of my favourite of all these contestant interviews. Kate made it such a great conversation because she clearly still loves the show and talking about it in detail, so I had a fantastic time chatting with her and then listening to it all over again. So that's two of the final four Traitors Australia contestants you've heard from, and I also spoke to the remaining two, the runner-up and the winner, Craig and Alex. Those interviews are on their way very soon. If you want even more information on the podcast and the Traitors, you can keep up to date with me on Instagram at the Trader Podcast or Twitter or X, I should say, at the Trader Pod. Or you can email me at thetradarpodcast at gmail.com. Until the next pair of super-duper interview specials, stay faithful. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.